the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. Sponsored this week by Mini Milks. Mini Milks. Ice creams that make you think you're eating milk. I've not had a Mini Milk since I was like 12. Then you haven't lived since you were 12. <laughs> mini, <laughs> mini Milks are the, the best. best. Mini Milks are the best because they taste so gentle. <laughs> <laughs> They're ice creams that won't hurt you. What, you, there is no you get, evil in mini milks. Well, no, like, oh, you can have a feast, but a feast might stab into the top feast, of your... A feast has got too many sharp bits on it, isn't it? So you might choke, or you what? might Hold get on. a cut from it. Think about who we are. We've already discussed what the best ice cream is at any time. Yes, but Solero shops have got a bit too much tang to them. And if you're not ready, if you're... If you're, <laughs> you're if you've not only, ready. If you've only got baby teeth at that point, milk teeth, if you will... Then uh, you want to be having those mini milks. The little balls of citrus water, mate. Yeah, but oof, oof. Oof. that's a little bit too tart. Ooh. Ah, too many for your mouth, too many for your hands. Yeah, but also too, too too much zing for your mouth sometimes. The thing Kids is, can't handle zing sometimes, whereas everyone can handle milk unless you're lactose intolerant, in which case, <laughs> what are you doing in the ice cream aisle? The thing is, right? No, no dairy-free ice cream they do now. Whatever how it is at the moment. Yes. All I can think about is ice cream. Mini milks. Um, and Mini milks is the way forward. All I want is just ice cream at all times. Mm. But then I eat ice cream and it ate too much ice cream. Right. Then I start feeling real sickly. Yeah. And then I'm I like, that's more of an oh. issue with your own. <laughs> now it's too warm. With your portion sizes. <laughs> that, that's, that's where your like, issue is. I shouldn't keep eating a whole tub of Ben and Jerry's yeah, in one sitting. You should buy in bulk a thousand feasts and then go and eat these before they melt. It's like it's too warm. If I stop eating them, I'm only going to get hot. Freezers exist for a reason. You can save them oh, for later. I'd love a walk-in freezer, you know. Yeah. Well, They're not the one in um, well, Tomb Raider. Here's, here's the dream, is live in a hotel. Which, coincidentally, you are doing yeah, for the next six weeks. True, but a hotel won't have a walk-in freezer. No, but I mean like a... It, well, it will. Not your one. Uh, well, your one may have a walk-in freezer... But you won't be allowed access to it, is the Basically. thing. Because you are a guest. What I mean is, when you when I say live in a hotel, I mean be Jack Torrance in The Shining. <laughs> what, live in the hotel that has and, snow and be outside? And be the caretaker for the Overlook. Not be allowed outside, but all the ice cream you can imagine. <laughs> in fact, ice cream plays a p- pivotal role in uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, doesn't it? Does it? Yeah, that's how Danny and uh, old Mr. Halloran bond in the beginning. Oh, he does. Because he says, do you want some chocolate ice cream? Doc, and then it's like, how did you know his name was Doc? He's like, because he is an octopus. And that was the origin story for Doc Octopus. <laughs> I've not seen the what, shining in a while. What you like, don't know about this podcast, if you've never listened before, is that a lot of the time it's about movies, but a lot of the time it's about nonsense. Um, update from last week. No Ukrainian listeners. But two, two Russians. Russians so. so, Putin, hello. <laughs> The enemy is watching us always. Just putting it out there. Do you think that... Thank you for joining us. Do you think that they saw that we had tagged it with Ukraine, Kiev? Did you actually? Yeah, I tagged it with Ukraine and Kiev. How, how do you think we got Russian listeners? They're interested in what their enemies are up to. Um, us. Yeah, so I don't know if that ever is going to work. What I'll do is I'll, I'll keep on tagging it with Kiev and Ukraine and see if anything comes up. Uh, if anyone's got any other recommendations for Ukrainian things to tag a podcast with, I will take those recommendations and add them to my list. I can only name Ukrainian footballers. Yeah, that's the issue, is that I can only think of clubs. <laughs> I don't think that we need to do that, because also the spelling of them is a nightmare sometimes. Anyway, what is up? 
the sky. Oh, God. I'm <laughs> so happy when you leave. Right. Okay, so... Welcome um, to the episode. Movies and, reviews. movies and review views. <laughs> where we talk movies and review views. Uh, so, this week's news and reviews. We've got a review. Yes. Big film. Yeah. Or is it a small film? Or is it a film with wings? <laughs> I... We'll let that one play. Yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp is our review this week. Coming up <laughs> later in the show. After this advert break. <laughs> hey guys, have you ever been sitting in a room and thought, ah, I need some gentle ice cream that will never <laughs> mistreat me? <laughs> Mini milks. They won't tell you you're a cock. Like, a mini milk could do no harm. Imagine Verbal, mental, physical. It's just like, you go, hmm, some fish food. You'll never be anything! <laughs> ah, it hurt my emotions! So and also, you could choke on the fish. So you put the lid straight back on because you're like... And then you open up a gentle mini milk and it just comes out and it goes, you're lovely. And then you go, you are, yeah, I am. Just the way you and are. And then you just, like, the whole thing in your mouth at the same time. Uh, and then pull out the... Like thing. that. And then... Just let the like, milk that's melt not a in your physical mouth. impression of what eating a mini milk oh. is like, and it's <laughs> going to go over a lot of people who are just listening to the audio version. But then you get the feeling of milk melting in your mouth. <laughs> I'm a weird guy. Advert over. I'm a weird guy. Anyway, back to the show. Hey guys, uh, so this week's news is important news. There is important news. Is there? Did you read the articles I sent through to you? I read nothing. Did you read the headlines? Uh, I saw... It's better that way. It's better if you don't know. Craven the Hunter film is on! (laughs) Tim Allen for Craven, please. Okay, so Tim Allen as Craven is going to... Oh, wait, hang on. That's not the... the, That isn't the story, by the way. (laughs) It it isn't that they listened to this podcast and went, yeah, we'll make that Craven the Hunter film. There's money in a Tim Allen. As George of the Jungle. Uh, Yep, so uh, certainly moves ahead with the Craven the Hunter standalone movie... Uh, setting writer Richard K- Richard Wenk to write the uh, script. Uh, Richard Wenk has done... Didn't he do The Equalizer? The Equalizer, and also The Equalizer 2, The Sequelizer, coming out in two weeks, I believe, for us. Yeah. Uh, it was previously reported that it was in the works alongside a Mysterio film, but now he's going to appear in the sequel to Spider-Man. He's going to appear in a good universe. Yeah, so uh, it looks like Craven will not even feature Spider-Man. Then what's he hunting? The most dangerous game of all. Mini milks. (laughs) Tiny cows who make (laughs) mini milks. Um, He'll be hunting. In fact, yeah, the most dangerous prey of all. Putin. No, Putin versus Craven. I'd pay to see that film. <laughs> I, I know who I'm putting my money on. Topless wrestling, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think Craven's coming out of that all right. Um, apparently, the speculation is that this largely depends on financially how well um, Venom does. does. But I think they should still push ahead anyway because everyone wants to see Tim Allen in no, movies. Because I want to see Craven in the Spider-Man. I want to see Craven versus Spider-Man. Yeah, but they can do that later. Yes, they're not going to link these. And Tim Allen is the perfect character to come into a Spider-Man MCU. What's film. the point in having two versions of his character if you're not going to link those two universes? But what if they do link the universes, but they just don't have Spider-Man in his film yet? They'll save it for Craven too. Craven two. Will, 
the Craven film will get a sequel. Craven 2. Craven's the best. Look, okay, fine. Here we go. Here is the ultimate list. If we're going to talk about ranked lists of best of everything, that means nothing to the other podcast listeners because they didn't hear the promo we recorded. (laughs) Ranked list of everything podcast we recorded a promo for. And here's your ranked list of best Spider-Man villains. Shocker, Craven, that's all you need. I know, but you love Dr. Octopus. Oh, I do love Dr. Octopus. I like him you more... you reevaluate your list? Yeah, but I like him more in Spider-Man 2 than I liked him in the comics. Or the but he had better show. hair in the comics. You can't get better hair than Alfred Molina's he, hair. He had he- the mushroom hair. Yeah, I know. He didn't look like an octopus then, did he? <laughs> Whereas Alfred Molina's haircut was exactly the <laughs> hair I imagined. He like a kid whose mum cut hair. his own hair because she couldn't afford to take to the hairdressers. Yeah, so you look like young you. Scissors are expensive. <laughs> you used to have that haircut. I had a bowl cut for yeah. one year. Yeah. yeah. It was good. You bring it back. I got so much action. <laughs> like an action movie because the kids were chasing you down the streets and you have to like jump over cars to start. Bethany Hirschberger couldn't keep her hands off me. <laughs> I've made up that name slightly, although I've literally changed one syllable. It's like you've made up that name and what happened? <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. I'll, I'll give you the real name. It's, uh, I think it was Bethany. I'm, I might have got that wrong. Uh, but certainly, Hirschberger was slightly incorrect. It's actually Snowberger, which is even better. That's not a real name. It is. Which makes I, went me... to, I went to school with her. Okay, fine. Plus if we're going to do not a real name, how about Dominic Nucciatelli? <laughs> what? What is that? My, my good friend from school. Just still in touch? Not since I moved back to the country. <laughs> oh, so this is in America? In America. Everyone's got good names in America. Dominic Nucciatelli. There was one guy who was called Roman something the third. The third? Yeah. You never get a third in England. No. That's what I've noticed. No, because English people want people to be different to their parents. Like, even if you've got the same name as, as your dad. Yeah. They don't even call you Junior. They call you Little Boy. <laughs> little Boy! Like, I'd be Little John. Little John, yeah. Um, yeah, Dominic Nucciatelli, probably the weirdest name to get. Well, not weird. It's a, it's a strong name. Though. It's a normal name for an Italian-American, I guess. So It does sound like a brand of um, chocolate spread. Joey Song, all great. Gregory Hogan. <laughs> These are all people you went to school with. Yeah. Um, ooh, there was like a one who was like, um, I want to say Elizabeth Mazer, but like spelled like laser. <laughs> She went on to become Major Laser. Major Laser. I did go to school with Major Laser. Uh, which is why I can't understand why the five year old girl I knew has grown up to be Major Laser. The presumably is it a DJ? I think it's a DJ. Is it a collection of DJs like uh Kajillionaire? Jagillionaire? Do you know that one? Is he from Major Laser or is he from DJ Snake? I think he's in Major Laser. DJ Snake is a man. Okay, so DJ Snake. If anyone listening knows about EDM... Is this EDM? Yes. Okay, if anyone listening knows about EDM, can you A, advise me whether DJ Snake is just one guy, and if you cut the head off, does the rest of the snake die? Unfortunately, I think this might fall out of Matt McGowan's knowledge yeah, basis. I have a feeling we'll be relying on uh, old, good old McCormack for this one. Um, and what's the other question that I had? Gajillionaire. Uh, oh, oh yeah, laser two I think major laser is a collective term. I think it might be two people. With one of them's major. He's an army guy, isn't he? Major. He's Captain Jack. Ah, oh, he got a promotion. Yeah. 
<laughs> Captain <laughs> Jack Laser. Not Captain Jack as in Sparrow, but as in Captain Jack, the artist. Yeah, Captain from Jack. AO Captain Jack. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what we mean. The greatest bit in that What's that called? It's called AO Captain Jack. Oh, it's called Captain yes, Jack, isn't Captain it? Yeah, Jack it's called Captain Jack. Yeah, yeah. There was, not... thinking, there was me thinking it was called Wet T-Shirt Contest by Captain Jack, which is basically the video. If you've not heard this song, Captain Jack by Captain Jack, search Captain Jack. But bear in mind that if you can't find the clip that just cuts off abruptly, then you haven't really seen the best video. Because the best video is the one that's like two and a half minutes long. And you think, oh, that's about enough time for a song. It's clearly not the full song, and it just cuts off midway through a sentence. Remember how I said we've got to make this one swift today? No, you said blast one out. Yes. This is blasting, but it's a it's a continual blast. Anyway, so Craven the Hunter may come if uh, Venom does well financially, so we'll probably see... And the latest trailer for Venom. You liked, I didn't. No, you hate it. You, I think you, it looks shoddy. I think it looks interesting, because what I want... But this is the problem. This is the problem with movies. They never listen to me. This film would be very, very interesting if it was the last shot of the film where you finally see him in the symbiote. Everything else up until that point is him struggling with inner demons, a.k.a. symbiote inside his body, not on his face. Yeah. And yet, here we are in a position where everyone's <laughs> lambasting the film already for, oh, doesn't the suit look silly? Well, it wouldn't look silly if he didn't wear it until the last shot of the film, like I said with the carnage. But then the lasting impression would be like, oh, do you silly look right at the end? But then the, no, the lasting impression would be like, oh, that really good two hour long study of the human psyche was brilliant. Also, there was a weird bit at the end, but let's forget about that. When we talk about Cloverfield Lane, we talk more about the hour and a half preceding the silly ten minutes than the silly ten minutes, because it's a really good film. Hollywood, are you listening? Bring me on board. I'll set a film in Detroit, as me and you discussed this week. <laughs> and I'll do Carnage for him. I'll do Carnage. Carnage might be in this film, though, but we'll see. Anyway, so, Craven the Hunter aside, third best Marvel superhero movie villain. What, Spider-Man villain? Yeah, probably. I don't know. If you want. What did I say? Second best. Yeah. You said Shocker, Craven. Shocker's good. Shocker's good for the colour scheme. Brown and yellow. Strong. <laughs> 1970s at its peak. Right then, guys, Mark Maron is definitely appearing in the DC Joker origin movie. Okay. You know Mark Maron from He's Glow? Solo. Yeah, and from podcasts and comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has confirmed on his podcast that he is in, he has joined the cast for the DC Origins okay. movie for the Joker, and he has praised the script from Todd Phillips of Hangover 3 fame. Notice how I went with Hangover 3 rather than (laughs) the successful Hangover movie or any, well, well, or Road Trip, basically. I like to imagine he just read the script to Hangover 1 and he's like, this is great. This is going to be a good comedy. I don't see where the Joker fits into it, but fine. His name is Mr. Chow or whatever his name is. (laughs) Um, So he's joined the cast. They're apparently recruiting Robert De Niro as well. Mm. I can't see this film being good, but maybe it will be. Maybe we should just let ourselves be surprised. Um, that's the thing, I'm just letting this Should we just go. never report on movie news ever again? Right, that's all the news this week. Review. And man in the Wasp. Okay, but there is more news. I'm letting this one go and I've just been like, oh, I'm going to wait and see what happens because I'm, I'm not interested in it, but let's see what I... Let's... But you will, you will end I'll, up seeing it when it comes I'll out. I'll see it for Because the you're a sucker for pain. <laughs> As discussed by the Suicide Squad soundtrack. Coincidentally, LeBron James's Space Jam 2 might still be happening. Now that he's got his move to the LA Lakers, mm-hmm. 
He wants to turn himself into a Hollywood force, and what better way than to finally push ahead with this fucking sequel to a film that no one really needs a sequel to. Uh, Plus, sir. I feel like you... No, don't put your hand sir. up because you haven't heard what my point is. My point is, this sequel should have Shaq in it. <laughs> Get Shaq in it. Because he's already proven himself as a screen presence. If Michael Jordan's not available... Well, just get Michael Jordan again. He No, he, he's done with this stuff now. When was the last time you saw Michael Jordan jump? When was the last time you saw Michael Jordan? Guys, if you know Michael, Can somebody check get to his house now. We're worried about him. Yes. His family need him. We need him. Someone please check in on Michael Jordan. Uh, Space Jam 2 is... I, I don't think is a film that needs a sequel. I don't think Space Jam needs a sequel. Would you be, Are you excited about the idea of a Space Jam sequel, though? I would be happy if they just released Space Jam 1 again in the cinemas. See, that's exactly what I think the majority of Space Jam fans will be thinking. Now, we did also have this with Jumanji last year, I suppose, and look how well that turned out for everyone mm-hmm. apart from me. It could well be that this is better than the original. I prefer if they got some... Trying to get a rise out of you, but nothing, Okay. I just ignored what you said because I wanted to speak about my thing. Okay. I'd be happy if they got, like, David Beckham and he did Space Jam 2. But it's football. But it's football. You know, change the sport around a little bit because then you've got new elements to it. You've got new things that you can change. I don't want to see David Beckham in a film. No. Um, Who's the most charismatic footballer? <laughs> Olivier Giroud. I don't think he'd carry the film. The most handsome well. man in football. Yeah, he's, he's handsome. But he belongs... If it's a French language version, I would love to see a Giroud. Um... Cristiano Ronaldo? I don't know if he's all that charismatic other than the fact that... The thing is, you can't root for Ronaldo. Yeah. Because he would play the villain. Kaka. Ricardo Kaka. Right, okay. You reckon Kaka would be the perfect Lovely, one. God-loving man. Yeah. Good God-fearing Brazilian. Exactly. Right. I'll play well with a religious type, I suppose. Exactly. Apart from the fact that there's aliens in it, they don't believe in that stuff. <laughs> okay, right. We'll move on. We've got a lot to cover this week. And you said now that we can't spend too much more time. Oh, this is a long one already, I'll tell you that. Okay, Flash movie. Uh, it's going to start filming in February 2019. Do you even have directors yes, a script? They've got directors because okay. it's um, game nights, guys. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. that's true. Uh, Mr. Goldman, I think his name is. And Mr. Sachs. Fucking uh, <laughs> John Francis Daly and the other guy. And is being written by the guy who wrote that thing. Mm-hmm. The thing? No, what was it? He wrote something. Oh, that's what it was. King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Okay, my my interest was peaked when I watched Game Night because I enjoyed the direction of that film. Uh-huh. My interest has dipped because the one of the worst things about King Arthur is the script. It was bad. But it's no longer a Flashpoint movie. Or is it not? They're no longer going to do Flashpoint because they've decided they're going to keep this universe alive forever. Hooray! Maybe not that is the reason, but they're definitely saying that it's no longer a Flashpoint movie because it would make no sense to do Flashpoint this early on. Mm -hmm. Do we think this film is ever going to come out? Um, I think it'll be out maybe after Gambit. Which is a lot about this film. Never 20, never teen. Okay. No, I think it's probably got more chance than Gambit coming out. Why are you doing some faith in Gambit all of a sudden? Just when we got so close. Because you told me every, to the premiere every next week. day for the last like four years it's not happening. Probably won't happen, is what I'm saying. Well, 
Talking of DC movie, UV, uh, EC, DC EUVs. World of DC, as it's now called. Terrible title. I'm going to still call it DC Movie Views. <laughs> um, the Batman script will be done soon, mm-hmm. says Matt Reeves. In the next few weeks, he wants to get it finished, and it's not based on year one. Okay. It's going to be based on Flashpoint. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we haven't got any confirmation on that, but apparently the, um, the the prevailing wisdom seems to be that they've decided not to make this one about year one and not to make the Flash about Flashpoint. Yeah, I suppose... What the impression I'm getting from DC at the moment is they're going to start making just separate stories, mm. um, and then they basically bring those characters together for team up films. But the separate stories will allow you to have more of a connection to those characters without feeling they have to be forced into a universe, but which is what's been the detriment of the start. So if they're smart, that's what they'll do. But that's what we've been saying all along, and that's what they haven't. Done. I think the problem is, is if you have these standalone stories, and then you keep wanting to bring them together for, for tie-in, uh, for uh, team-ups. Mm. I think people will get annoyed that there aren't more connective tissues between. If, if nothing is ever meant, like imagine if there's no reference to anything that ever happens in those team-up movies in the individual ones. I reckon people are going to start going like. But why is this yeah. film three hours long with an hour of exposition at the beginning? Well, it's the same thing that happens in like the Marvel ones, isn't it? Where, you know, it's like when the president gets kidnapped in Iron Man 3 and everyone's like, why is it just Iron Man who's going to help this situation? Because he's the best place guy, because he's the true American hero. But that's the thing they always argue, oh, you know, no, this was... terrorist the, like Captain America. This was done over, over like, 24 hours. Therefore, none of the Avengers could have got there. Yeah, because the Avengers famously very slow, Iron Man very fast, Scarlet <laughs> Widow, Scarlet Widow, Scarlet Witch, no, Black Widow. No, that's the one. She has to run everywhere. She takes her ages to get to Los Angeles. I know that Iron Man is on the West Coast, not the East Coast. That's all I know. <laughs> and I presume that he gets kidnapped in Los Angeles. Oh, on Air Force One. Yeah. So it could be anywhere. Cool. The final bit of news this week, guys. Yep. Get excited, Andy. The Die Hard prequel. (laughs) Bruce Willis is going to help cast young John McClane for the Die Hard prequel that's coming out in 2019. Make it me. I'll do it. Oh, I would love to see that. I'll go my best. Oh, my God. You as young John McClane. It's not even that young, though, because, like... When he when he did the original Die Hard, yeah. how old was Bruce Willis? Mid thirties. He looks about forty five. What what year was Die Hard? Eighty five. Yeah, something like that. Okay, so like just just picture out. me in a vest shuffling my way through an air vent. The problem is, I've, I I don't think if I got into an air vent, claustrophobia would set in. Like I mm-hmm. I don't think I even have claustrophobia, but in that situation, I think it would set in within probably two minutes. Die Hard was 1988, right? Yeah. Bruce Willis was born in 1958. Uh, sorry, 1955. So he was 33 years old when he made that film. 34 years old, okay. let's say. No, 33, because it would have been released yeah. after he filmed it. That makes sense. You are 28. Uh-huh. So young John McClane being five years younger than John McClane. Yeah, but... No, does that explain the difference in how you look to how he looks? <laughs> because yes. with the best will in the world, you look nothing like John McClane. And I'm, I'm picturing you now in my head with no hair, even. 
Right. And you don't look like Bruce Willis looks Imagine now. in the next, what, five years? Mm-hmm. I hit the gym. Right. Even though John McLean wasn't that, that built, you know, I've got, I've got some pounds to shift. Um, and imagine by yeah. doing Even though John McLean wasn't that built, I mean, he's in pretty good shape. I'm looking over here, there's veins popping out of his neck. <laughs> I thought he had like a dad bod. Not in that film. No, I wouldn't say so. I think he's in. He was in top action star shape. Imagine then my hair starts thinning. You've got to go for the Joe Bluth. You've got to go for the Will Arnett haircut. Yeah. Real receding hair. You need my hairline. That. You need to borrow my hair and Bruce Willis's body. (laughs) Every time there's a headshot, like a shot of his face, your head. If anything, I will say one thing for you. You have the exact same commitment to acting that Bruce Willis has. So maybe it's not that much of a pipe dream at this point. I just think that I'd love to be in Die Hard. Well, I get that. But do you want? Do you want again? To just be in the background. A Die Hard prequel. What's What's the point in this? No, no, isn't the point. But I'd love to just be in the background of a shot. Yeah. Or like. And you want to be an extra? Yeah. Do you know what I was thinking the other day? You want to be Argyle? (laughs) Yes. No, not Argyle. No, film I would have loved to have been in. Mm. Right. No, in Spider Man Three. Yeah. Where Peter Parker's walking down the street and he's doing this, he's clicking, and there's like ladies walking past and they're giving him a disgusted look. I wish I was one of those ladies. Like, I wish instead of one of these. Is that the look they give him? The disgusted one? They walk around and one of them. I thought they were all like, no, no, no. If you look at them, they're all just like, what the hell is this guy doing? Because he's doing the strut, isn't he? He's like, bow, 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 bow. And they look at him and they're just like, who the fuck is this piece of shit? I wish that was me. You wish. Like, just giving him the side, I just. Right. Who is this man? And that's your that's your that's the part I wish for. That's your bucket list part. That's the one that I think I was born to play, and <laughs> unfortunately, and you only got to bit... play in the cinema while you're watching it. Going, who the fuck is this? Oh, mate? Th- thank God you added to the, just playing in the cinema and comes off a bit wrong. Oh yeah. Um, although we were in a film. Yes, we are in a film. Die Hard. Young Die Hard. Do you think we can start like? Do you think we can get people just... Who's doing Young Die Hard? Who's doing it? Yeah, who's directing it? No, I don't know if it's got a, an attached director. Basically, can we hammer that director just be like, give me a part? Yeah, I imagine so. Just let me have a walk-on part. Just in the background somewhere. One of the major scenes so it doesn't get cut out. But just in the background, it would be just like reading a newspaper. Or Len Wiseman, who directed Live Free or Die Hard. Cool, I just won't tell him that that's the worst Die Hard. Okay. Any more news? No. I need to tweet at Len Wiseman. I need to talk to you about something very serious. Okay. Quantum. Quantum realms. Quantum Guys, we saw Ant-Man and the Wasp a month after everyone else saw it, no doubt. Yeah, like most of the world has seen it already, but because of the World Cup, we don't see it till now. Okay, so Ant-Man and the Wasp has just been released in the UK uh, to reviews, I imagine. <laughs> I've not looked them up. I don't know what people are saying about this film. Uh, so it is the sequel to Ant-Man. Yes. And sort of acts as a almost a prequel piece to Avengers Infinity War, almost. Cause, I mean, it takes place before then. Yes. that much. Um, Andy... What is it? Basically, it's the story of Hank Pym 
trying to get into the quantum realm to say after the first film where and man went to the quantum realm and came back um it's basically the story of him trying to get Janet Van Dimes and Hank's wife from that realm mm-hmm. um and they happen to get certain bits of tech to do so and at that point they're attacked by the villain piece called Ghost who can phase through objects um who steals the tech mm-hmm. and they've got to get it back and to do that Paul Rudd's Ant-Man has to team up with Evangeline Lilly's The Wasp. Wasp. That's about it. That's it. That's all you can take. That's basically your plot. There's there's not a lot that happens other than that. There's not even... It's not even like, oh, there's loads of spoilers here. It's like, even if if we included spoilers, there's not a lot you can ruin about the film because it... It progresses very much as you expect, I suppose. Yeah, there's not much in it that surprises me. It is what I describe as absolute placeholder Marvel. Mm-hmm. It is inconsequential at best. Yep. And is just there to do a job. It's it's nothing special, but I did say to you, I had a I had fun with it. Like there was definitely moments in there that I really enjoyed, um, and there's some that gave me quite a lot of laughs. I did say I found it a lot less. It was a lot less than the first one. Yeah. In a few ways, I was going to say it's a lot less funny, which it is. But also, I think some of the action set pieces. It's a lot less engaging overall. I think. I think the action set pieces aren't as interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, they do do some interesting stuff with the shape shifting because that's what you can play around with. But I still don't think they got anywhere near some of the early stuff. No. Um. And, you know, I, I still think there's a lot to explore there. And there's a lot you could do with that kind of stuff. Um, I did like Evangeline Lilly in this one. I'm glad they gave her more to do. Although, I, I still think she feels terribly sidelined in this film. True, but it's good to see her suited up and competent. It's somebody, yeah. who's, it's somebody who's... I know how normally you get somebody who they become a new hero and then they kind of struggle to find their feet mm. and that kind of stuff. It's nice to see somebody kind of go into it and just be so adept at what they do. Yeah. And I suppose it is two years on from the yeah, original she's, one. She's, she's been doing this for two years at this point. Yeah. But it was nice to just see her go in and there's a bit in the trailer you see where she's fighting in a kitchen. Mm. And you see that and you go, oh, she already knows what she can do and she's probably better than Paul Rudd is. Yeah. At, at this point, you know, yeah. she is probably the more competent of the two. So I thought it was nice to see her do that, but you are right, her story doesn't really do a lot. But that's kind of everyone in this film. Nobody really does a lot. Yeah, and to me it feels like it's almost lip service trying to go like, oh no, look, we've we've put in this female character who's now going to be a superhero mm-hmm. and she's competent and she's, you know, she's doing it for herself and it's not a case of we're putting this in for the sake of putting it in. But the, the the amount that she actually has to do in this film feels like you kind of are just putting it in for the sake of putting it in. Yeah. And that's my issue with it, is that there's a lot of stuff that's just put in this film because it just needs to be there. And I don't think it earns that. Mm. Uh, like, you had you had some fun with it. Yeah. I had less than that, I think. I had, I had occasional fun with it, if that. <laughs> and it, it does feel like it's not a patch on the original in terms of, it's not it's nowhere near as funny. It's nowhere near as good in terms of the actual construction of the film. But I think they had a clearer idea with the first film. Bizarrely, seeing as the film went through so many changes of personnel, yeah. that it actually still managed to have a much more clear, defined idea of what its role was and what it was trying to do in terms of the style of film it was. Yeah. 
This one just feels like another Marvel movie, That's whereas that one felt slightly fresher than that. It didn't feel like a an Ant Man film. Like you know how certain Marvel films have their own identity. Like mm. you see a film, you go, "That's a Guardians film." You saw Doctor Strange, you go, "That's got its very own yeah. distinct idea of what this." It just is. feels like a Marvel it's, film. Yeah, just that kind of okay. I know I'm watching a Marvel film. Mm. Which heroes being planted in at this time? Yeah. Um, and I know some people had problems with the first one because they felt that's pretty much what the first album was. But I thought it was more than that. It was, it was I think, quite refreshing about the first one. Well, the first one, I think, was was unlike most of the things we'd seen before. We'd had Guardians of the Galaxy the year before, which was um, which was probably the most closely linked in terms of its tone, I suppose. Yeah. But even so, I think the, the first one has its own identity. Mm. I, this one just doesn't feel... I, it, it just feels like it could be any other film in this whole franchise, and you wouldn't. Yeah. You could, you could cut out Paul Rudd, and you could put in, you know, Thor, and it could very easily be a Thor adventure instead, and I wouldn't really notice the difference. Yeah, and like I said, though, I do think it's a, it is a very moving film. But there are points where I find, I think the girl who plays Paul Rudd's daughter. I really enjoyed her performance. I I really like their relationship between yeah. those two. Um, which is one of the strong things from the first film, but I think it's carried on and strengthened here. Yeah. Um, I like the um, introduction of the FBI agent, the one who's basically keeping an eye on him. Yeah. Um, and I liked his performance. Um, yeah, Paul Rudd, they, I do think they had a couple of moments in it as well where they completely utilised what Paul Rudd is good at. Yeah. Like his, his comic timing in his physical ability to be able to perform certain things they nailed that mm. um, but like I said a lot of the times there's bits that's missing the villain I I like the idea of what the villain is mm. and why they're doing what they're doing mm. but at the same time wholly underutilised and also once again when it comes to action set pieces and things like that yeah. which other things I don't think her abilities are ever utilised well enough. Because we, we talked about this before, about how certain films in the Marvel Universe have villains that are basically just different colour versions of the heroes. Yeah. And the more interesting films are the ones where your hero goes against somebody who has a completely different power set. So, mm. so we talked about Jessica Jones, for example, in the TV series. In the first series, she goes against David Tennant, and she's obviously got superpowers in terms of superhuman strength, things like that. And she goes against somebody with mind control. Mm. And it's interesting to see how those two things go up against each other. Yeah. This, you've got somebody who can shrink and grow in size, and you've got somebody who can phase through objects. Yeah. And at the start of the film, they do. Um, she does something right the first time you meet her, um, where I was like, okay, that's interesting. Mm. Um, and I was like, okay, so how are you going to play with this now? How are you going to play with what she can and can't do? And it never really did it. And I think a lot of the scenes then were bland and her just kind of maybe going through something. But then I think the problem there is when you're throwing in another baddie on top of that in Walt Goggins' character, that's where your issues lie because you don't actually dedicate enough of the story to one villain. You You split the allegiances of where your film's supposed to be going and understandably so in terms of the motivations of the characters you know mm-hmm. 
I don't I don't know if you could necessarily make her the only villain no. because of the way that character's set up. But it does feel like with the introduction of Walt Goggins' character, you do feel like, well, either make it him or make it her. Don't make it and both. In a film that's less than two Particularly hours. with these oh, these unseen buyers from Walt Goggins' perspective who are being clearly being set up to be something in the next one, I think. Yeah. I, I, I did feel like... And then you've got the Michelle Pfeiffer stuff on top of that. Yeah, it does feel and like this... And the Paul Rudd's and the house arrest on top of that. Yeah, and it feels like you've got a load of plots and none of them are really done properly because you they're, they're almost thrown in there as like a, oh, but we've got to do something with these characters from the first film and also these characters from the first film. Oh, and also we've got to introduce what's going to happen in the next film and also we've got to do something in this film. Yeah. And actually, you could probably cut out two or three of those. Like you probably could have got rid of the ghost character. Yeah. Um, completely. And the problem with the ghost character is I really like the actress, yeah. Hannah John Kamen. Um really like her she's in an episode of Black Mirror as well she's really good she's in Game of Thrones um, she's as well. in Game of Thrones as well um, you know I, I like her when, when she's popped up um, so I wanted to see what she could do in this I thought this was like a really good opportunity for her Yeah. and she's in new size the problem is every time I saw her in an action set piece I just kept thinking back to remember the Matrix Reloaded mm. and you've got the two ghost characters there Yeah. and I think they're used incredibly well Yeah. Um, in comparison to this because they, they, it's so innovative. Yeah. And I think the innovation is gone from this it, from this film in comparison to the first. I think there's glimpses, but I don't think Peyton Reed ever really hits it that well. Mm. Um, which is a shame. Um, but the whole film as well feels like it's all built up to another one. Yeah. Like it's all built up to Avengers 4 in my mind. Yeah, well, it's all it's all built up to Avengers you know, Four and then also Ant Man Three, I think. Yeah, like there's a lot of stuff that's put into this film that's obviously going to play a huge role in terms of how Thanos is eventually dealt with, I imagine. Yeah, but then also there's stuff that they've got to put in line for Ant Man and whatever next Ant Man and the Green Hornet or whatever. <laughs> so it does feel like there's a lot of stuff going on where it's treading water. Yeah. And that's about as progressive as this film gets. Yeah. Like I said, wrapping it up, I I would still recommend it if you're a fan of Marvel films because it is fun enough. But don't ever, don't go into it expecting anything, anything too much of it. See, that's the thing. It is. It is fun enough, I think. But the, the thing is, the, the further away that I get from seeing a film, the less and less I like it. It's it's one of those I'm unlikely to go back to too quickly. I will I will hesitate to to ever go back to it. I think. Well, I I normally watch most of them a couple of times, and but I think I will go back to it at some point. Hit, but it's not one I'm going to rush out to see. Twenty four hours after the fact, I'm now at a point where I'm going. Did I even like the film? <laughs> and that's that's not particularly good. I like no, 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 I like the not. people in the film. And I like the idea, maybe, of certain things in the film, mm-hmm. but I don't know if the film itself was any good. I think it's competently done, but yeah. that's about it. And I, I would like more than that. Yeah. If you get at what this, I'm saying. At this stage as well. Yeah. And if what you've seen, 20 movies into this, this universe. Especially because what you've seen before and what they can do. Yeah. And we've had a strong year this year in terms of, you know, Black Panther as is, is one of the other properties this year is unlike everything you've seen before in this universe. Yeah. There's elements that are very similar to this stuff, but you're setting it in a world that is completely different to the ones you've seen previously. 
So, I don't know. You know, fine. Go and see it if you're in... Like, obviously, if you're into MCU, you will see this film. Yeah, I think even if not, there's something to enjoy there. I just don't think you should go and expect... Don't go and expect it to be as good as... As good, yeah, as good as the other two this year. Or as good as Ant-Man. Yeah. Which is pretty bad. Just make a film that's good, please. Ah, oh, no, I don't even know if I like it or not. No, it's probably okay, <laughs> fine. Anyway, you can find us on Facebook and on iTunes, on Stitcher and on Buzzsprout, on SoundCloud and on... Oh, not SoundCloud. Never SoundCloud. Should we just put the podcast on SoundCloud just so you, you can't mess up? No, that's another thing for me to do. Uh, on Spotify and on nowhere else. iTunes, I said. Buzzsprout again. Andy, Johnny Neves did the theme song. That he did. Why did you not thank him for that yet? Thank you, Johnny Neves. Thanks. You hosted. I did. You also hosted. Co-host. Co-host. Nice one. Equal opportunities here. Equalizer's equalizer. Bye then, everyone. That was the most lackadaisical ending we've ever done. Uh, got real hot real fast. It did. I'm really warm. Got real hot real fast. Boy! Bye, everyone. We'll be back in seven weeks. Not really. Next week. Die. Die. Die.